generation is rising on an emerging generation of kings. Luke chapter 2. <laughs> no, nobody should go to the keyboard. Now, Luke chapter 2, sorry. We're going to read verse 51 and verse 52. Uh, am I making a mistake? No, I'm, I'm correct. Yeah. So Luke chapter 2, you know what? Let's take verse 40 first and then uh, 51 and 52. Or verse 39, sorry about 39. 39, 40, and then 51 and 52. And we're going to read it together. Let's read Luke chapter 2, verse 40 together. Uh, 39 and 40 together are the count of 3, 2, 1. So when they had performed all things according to the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee, to their own city, Nazareth. And the child grew and became strong in spirit, filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. They returned to their own city. The child grew and became strong in spirit, filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. Now, this is talking about Jesus. So if Jesus grew strong in the spirit, do you need strength in your spirit, man, or not? If Jesus was filled with wisdom, do you need wisdom or not? If the grace of God was upon Jesus, this is interesting, right? Because in John chapter 1, what does it say? That he, in him was life, life was light of man. And then uh, it says that he was full of what? Tell me. Full of grace and truth. But when it's speaking about the physical humanity, the frame of Jesus, it said the grace of God was upon him. In other words, manifest. So he was not just full of it, he was operating under it. It was not just something he carried in his potential, in the spirit man. It was something that people could see, could trace, could track in his life. And that's going to happen for you in the name of Jesus. Verse 51 and 52. Then he went down with them and... Do you see a similarity there? Verse 39, they returned to their own city, Nazareth. Verse 51, what, what happens here? He went down. In matters of spiritual growth or transition, the first dimension, oftentimes, somebody's going to lead you. The next dimension, you have to make the decision. <laughs> So there's a dimension where Jesus leads them to prayer and then they're sleeping and he says, can't you try me for an hour? But there's a dimension where they began to pray in Acts chapter 2. So the first dimension is you're being led to a place. You're being led to prayer. You're being led to the word. You're being led to giving. Somebody has to encourage you to evangelize. Somebody has to encourage you to partner, to witness, to share. But there has to come a time in your life where you're saying, I will now make that decision myself. And there are aspects of growth that you never enter into until you make personal decisions based on personal convictions. So there is a dimension where Jesus or the heavens open, Spirit of God descends like a dove. The Bible doesn't say a dove descended, but saying the manner in which the Holy Spirit came upon him was that of a dove, the stealth and the fluidity and the gentleness. And God said, this is my beloved son, right? In one place, that's God speaking. There's another dimension where Jesus says, I am the bread of life. He says, he that has seen me has seen the Father. So the first dimension, the first aspect of spiritual growth is that God tells you who you are. God leads you. God instructs you. But the next dimension is your response. Which means you now agree with God that this is what I am. Somebody say, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Say, I am filled with the spirit of wisdom. I am blessed and highly favored. Only 17 people are speaking. Say, I am blessed and highly favored. 
I walk in righteousness. I walk in a sensitivity to the Spirit of God. I grew in the grace of God. Now in verse 40, he explains that he grew, that he became strong in spirit, filled with wisdom and grace of God was upon him. Isn't it interesting that in verse 51, it says, he was subject to them, his parents that is, but his mother kept all those things in her heart. In verse 52, let's read that together, verse 52. And Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and So we started off this message in the first service calling it Let's Grow There. So this is Let's Grow There Part 2. And I want to talk about dimensions of growth. Let's grow there. Look at somebody say, let's grow there. So the heart of this teaching is this. That when God reveals there to you a prophetic promise, a destination, a prophecy, an assignment, you don't just go there, you grow there. So every prophecy is an invitation to grow. So Jesus, behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, but is going to go through a growth process. Why is it that Jesus, who's sinless as a baby, right? Why didn't Jesus die on the cross as a baby? Talk to me. Tell me. Why didn't he go to the cross as a baby? Because there were certain faculties of his consciousness that had not been de developed to the point where he was the one laying down his life. So what makes it a sacrifice is not what happened, but the heart with which it was given up. If, God forbid, and so happens to you in Jesus' name, if a thief steals your phone, you didn't sacrifice your phone. Come on, people. But if you give it in your conscious mind, if you were drunk, you're tipsy, you're not in your conscious state, and somebody takes your phone, did you sacrifice it? Was it an act of generosity? So likewise, there are aspects of growth you come into, maturation and development that will then inform Romans chapter 12. Present your body a living Bring it consciously. Feel the pain. <laughs> Go through the process of circumcision. <laughs> Endure hardship as a good soldier of Christ. Look at somebody say, let's grow there. So in our text, we see major two, two major things here. Number one, we see that if I'm going to move to the place where I increase in wisdom and stature, number one is this, I must move. I must move. So I, I use this example for a service to set it up. If I say to Governor, Governor B, come. He comes to me. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 13 says, till we all come to the fullness of the measure of the stature of Christ. Of course, that coming is not physical coming, right? But it's talking about making a shift. So growth never happens without the willingness to make changes. I can grow spiritually if I'm not willing to change my schedule to invest in spiritual things, right? Yes, I can grow my wealth except I make changes in my expenditure. Yes. I can grow my marriage except I make changes in my attitude. Yes, oh my goodness, only three people are bearing witness. <laughs> I cannot grow without changing. Beholding us in the mirror, the glory of God, we are being... Give me the word. We have been transformed. Another one actually uses the word being changed, which is metamorphosis. So the person who says, I never change my mind, has declared his unwillingness to grow. Once I make up my mind, ah, my foundation is very thick. You can't wipe it off. As I make up my mind, get it, get it, get it. Some of y'all think. Oh, good morning. <laughs> so I didn't get it. Just, um. So there must be a shift 
Matthew 17. Do you remember Matthew 17? The Bible says after six days that Jesus Christ took Peter, James, and John by themselves and he led them up the mountain. So on the mountain, what happens? Transfiguration. But there was relocation before the transfiguration. So many people are praying for a glory without showing up at the place. Hebrews says we have come to Mount Zion. Zion didn't come to us. We come to it. Jesus came to us and then Jesus said what? Follow me. First dimension, God comes to you. Have you noticed sometimes, sometimes your spiritual walk, it feels like you're not connecting. It's because God has moved. When I say moved, that means you used to pray 15 minutes before, by 10 minutes, vapor everywhere. Glory, 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 glory all around. Now, 25 minutes, you're still waiting. Why would the word say, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength? Because there's a place you must come to consciously in the place of prayer. Because the first five minutes, you're looking through Instagram as you're praying. Magalagaduga. Me koko kokoya. I see fine picture. <laughs> the hair is not even nice. God, am I being up? Look at somebody say, make the move. Some of you didn't say, look at somebody say, make the shift. We come, we come, we come. We come, we grow to it. Number two is I must be subject to the systems that God has put in place for my growth. There are systems God has put in place for your growth. There are social systems, spiritual systems. The local church is one of the systems that God has put in place for your growth. Now, how many of you know that you can grow amiss? Have you ever tried planting yam before? Have you planted yam before? You put the tuber in the, in the ground, and what happens? When it begins to sprout, what happens? You know the stalk that comes out. It starts moving in different directions. So what do they put there? A stick for it to guide the growth. So God puts structures and systems around our lives so that our growth can be deliberate and guided. And I'm going to give us a couple of things before, I, uh, maybe before, after I speak about the four things. If you have a lot of revelation and you have no routine to process the revelation into tangible expressions, you will be a bloated believer. Because you have spiritual content but you are like a fizzy drink. No expression. So you're bloated. And you know when you're bloated, what happens? Do you feel healthy or not? Look at someone and say, stop choking on your own revelation. Yeah. You just... So the systems God has put in place to guide your growth. Family system, work systems, spiritual systems, social systems, environmental systems. And those systems are not just for growth, they're also for accountability. They're also for measurement. So look at what the word says in verse 52 or 51. What does it say? He went down with them and came to Nazareth. And what was? He was. There is no mastery without subjection. Using bolts can run faster than his trainer. But does it need his trainer or not? You might be rich, but some of you still need someone to look into your finances to help you. You can quote scriptures, but you still need a pastor. <laughs> You're a woman of power, but you still need a mentor, a guide somebody in your life so one of the four major things that we see jesus growing in the very first thing the bible tells us was that he grew i'm going to start with the very first one in verse 40 the word says that he grew strong in spirit it's interesting 
many people in the world today, they want to start with this one, favor, right? But verse 40 says that he became strong in, look at somebody, ask them how strong are you in your spirit? Let me ask you a question. Is it possible for somebody who is strong today to be weak next week? So watch this. Spiritual strength, listen to this, is not an inheritance. Spiritual strength is the result of devotion to the inheritance. You don't inherit strength. That's why Paul, when he teaches the church, says, Be strengthened with what? Might in your inner man. Now, what, do I need to tell you, be a woman? If I say be a woman, I'm, I'm saying channel the virtues in you. Isn't that so? But I'm not talking about your physical infrastructure. If you're a woman, I say, be a woman. I'm not speaking about your physical infrastructure. That might be an insult, right? Because you're a woman. If I say, be a woman, I'm saying, let the virtues, the feminine, maternal virtues in you, find expression. So when the Bible says that Jesus became strong in spirit, can I ask you something? Was Jesus committing sin? That means you can even be morally right and spiritually weak. <laughs> Because spiritual strength is not hinged on personal morality. It's hinged in connection to the spirit of God. Ah, me, I'm not smoking. Oh. Ah, I used to smoke weed before, but now I smoke purple leaf. I'm growing. <laughs> me. Hmm. I don't lie. Oh. Lie, lie. Why should I lie? So we're not talking about that. If a Paul says, leaving the first principles behind, what does it say? It's that you ought to be teachers now. But you're still babes. <laughs> and then you're still settling for milk instead of strong meat. So it's possible for you to be morally right, but you're spiritually weak. That means you're still not growing spiritually. In fact, it's actually possible for you to have a dimension of strength spiritually, but you've stopped growing. Is it possible? So you are strong, but you've stopped growing. That's why Paul says in Ephesians 6, it says, finally, brethren, verse 10, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might be strong in the Lord and in the power of his look at somebody say but strong in the spirit let's look at the word before strong before you leave the place the child did what and the child and the child which one comes first what happens when you start growing Strength doesn't happen to us. We'll grow in the spirit and become strong in the spirit. Isaiah chapter 11. The Bible says the spirit of the Lord shall be upon him. It says there's going to be a branch from the stem of Jesse. And it says the spirit of God will be upon him. And he explains to us that spirit has dimensions, reflections. It shall come for the brand, a rod from the stem of Jesse. And a branch shall grow out of his roots. The spirit of the Lord shall rest where? Upon him. And the, and the spirit of wisdom and understanding and... You're not looking in your Bibles. And counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. So growing spiritually is hinged on my relationship with the Holy Spirit. Why? He's the spirit of might. The spirit of power. Micah chapter 3 verse 8 calls him the spirit of power. John 16 says he will guide me into all truth. Acts chapter 1 verse 8 says, I will receive power when it comes upon me. Acts chapter 10 verse 38 says, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with Holy Ghost and power who went about doing good and healing all those oppressed of the devil. 
Isaiah 10 verse 27 says it's the yoke breaker. That because of the anointing, what happens? He breaks every yoke. 1 John 2.20 tells me that he's the one who teaches me all things. So you need the Holy Spirit. He's the one by him I grow in the Spirit. I grow in the Spirit. I grow strong in the Spirit. Look at somebody say, are you still growing? Do you know that somebody can look mature and not be mature? I don't know whether it's something that's happening recently, but a lot of teenagers like 13, 14 year olds now look so mature. The single men have to be double careful before approaching people. Have you noticed? So you can have the external features and not have the internal character. Come on, somebody. Having a form of, but denying the part thereof. Am I growing strong in the spirit? The word says that Jesus grew strong in the spirit. Now, growing strong in the spirit means that I, I'm expressing more of my inheritance in Christ and I'm demonstrating the capacity to handle more things. So the first time we see Jesus, God speaking about Jesus, what does it say? You remember when it was baptized, the heavens were open and the Bible says that God said, what did God say? What did God say? This is my beloved son in whom full stop. Matthew 17, Mount of Transfiguration. Elijah, Moses, they have the conversation, they disappear, the glory cloud descends, and God speaks. What does God say this time? This is my beloved son in whom, what, what does he add? Listen to him. The first time God spoke, he didn't say listen to him. So, there are realms of divine endorsement you have to grow into. God said, I'm already pleased with you, but I'm going to, in some cases, limit your audience. Because you have not grown into the capacity that can handle the people who will be excited by what you say. So it's possible for you to have revelation that can excite people, but people will contain that revelation. Because if the people are attracted to you right now, you don't have the structure to retain them. speaking spiritually but it happens to other areas of your business so you have a you have a product that is so compelling but God is like if I send her more customers she will go into depression because the number of people that will be calling her and the business will fold up are you growing spiritually what does the word say the word says to us this is how we grow second Peter chapter 3 and verse 18 Here's what it says. Second, uh, sorry, First Peter chapter two, one to three. First Peter two, one to three. Therefore, laying aside, if I want to grow spiritually, I've got to grow through this. First Peter chapter two. Help me, media. One to three. Therefore, what must I do? I must lay aside all malice. What else must I lay aside? Deceit. What else must I lay aside? hypocrisy what else must I lay aside and what else and what state must I assume if I'm going to grow in any area I can't show up in that area looking like a master if I show up as a master I will be arguing with my trainers has somebody been driving you before in a car and the person was the one driving, not you. Yeah. Ah, it's too, it's too fast. Ah, you're too close. Ah, ah. Jesus, take the wheel. Now, do you get excited about that? At some point, what do you do? Please come and drive. And how many times has God sent trainers in our lives to help us correct just one area? But won't let the trainers do their work. And so what happens, we don't grow into it. That's why the Bible says concerning Jesus that he was subject to them. 
He says, I must come as a, as a newborn babe. If I come as a newborn babe, desire what? The pure milk of the? So that I may. Now, why? If indeed you have. Some of us tasted and we thought we were full. The taste was to ginger your taste boards to crave more. Many times in your prayer time, when you feel that first wave of the anointing, that's just a taste. Sometimes like God has spoken. He hasn't said anything. He just gives you a hug. Which one takes longer? Drinking milk or tasting milk? Which one takes longer? Eating meat or drinking milk? Which one takes longer? Eating strong meat or soft meat? Which one takes longer? Cracking bones. So the heavier the spiritual quotient is, the longer the time you have to spend with it. Look at somebody say, are you really growing? Or you're giving your observer spiritual bubble. You're still quoting the same scriptures from three years ago. But because you have a lot of them, people don't know that you don't longer memorize any scripture per month or per week or whatever cycle you used to do. Are you growing spiritually? Can I tell you what? Pastors can stop growing spiritually. Because a pastor can become so immersed in the duty of pastoring that he studies to preach. Let me choke them word today. Angels. It's possible. He says, if you've tasted, the next thing is move from the taste to the drinking. But Hebrews says, don't even stay with the milk. Go and get strong meat. Why? How many of you know that there are certain parts of your organs that will not be fully developed on a milk diet? So imagine after all the jumping we did yesterday for those who were there, now say, ah, throughout this week you're on a milk diet. You're so on your own. Look at somebody say, I'm growing spiritually. Look at somebody say, I'm increasing spiritually. Some of you are saying it, you're not looking. Some of you are looking, you're not saying it. Say, I'm growing spiritually. I'm increasing spiritually. I love the word of God. I spend time on prayer. I'm developing my spiritual muscles. Look at somebody say, how big is your spirit, man? How strong is your spirit, man? Do you know what the word of the Lord says in the book of Proverbs? He says that if you faint in the day of adversity. Right? You know what it says? That's Proverbs chapter 24 verse 10. If you faint in the day of adversity, your strength is small. So do you know what that tells us? Tests and trials are revelators of your true spiritual capacity. You don't know how strong you are until something comes against you. Oh my God. You don't know how strong you are. In fact, sometimes we have a false sense of strength until something comes against us. How many of you know that when you go to the gym, you're really pushing resistance? That's what's, what develops your muscles. Isn't that so? What develops your muscles is the resistance. So you're not breaking and building new muscles until you hit a threshold and you're able to go beyond it. That's why the Bible says the testing of your faith being much more precious than gold. So what God does at different seasons of your life is that he sends you some tests, sends you some trials, some things happen that you were not expecting, some loss in some cases, some delays in some cases, some oversight in some cases, and God is saying, I want you to push harder because I need you to grow into another level of strength, another level of faith and capacity. Who's been going through a test lately? Who's been going through some stress lately? Who's been going through some pressure lately? Who's been going through some demands lately? Look at somebody say it's revealing your strength. 
it's revealing your capacity it's revealing your true spiritual potential it's revealing what you're able to handle it's revealing that revealing that what happens every semester do you write a test or not Do you write exams or not? Similarly, spiritually, in the school of the spirit, they are tests. They are exams. And do you know what? During the exams, are you allowed to open your book? It is what you've internalized that produces for you in the day of pressure. Test is coming. I see it. Is what you've internalized. That's why for spiritual growth, see, you cannot grow spiritually by eating annually. When Jesus taught disciples to pray, he says, give us our... He didn't say monthly cake. I'm looking for the sweet word. Ah, message was tight today. See, whether the message was sweet or not sweet because there is something called a bitter leaf come on some is your morning devotion always intense do you have keyboards during your morning devotion lord i want to worship you don't do you have a drum are you expected to do it every day so we don't see you growing but you're growing if you're giving yourself to these things daily. Look at somebody say, I'm growing. growing. Number two, the word says that he grew in wisdom. Jesus Christ grew in wisdom. Now, wisdom is extremely important. Extremely. Proverbs 24, I believe it's verse 3, that says to us, by wisdom is a house built right by understanding it is established by knowledge its rooms are filled with precious things james 1 verse 8 says if any one of you lacks wisdom what should he do let him ask it says the father who gives freely will give him without upbraiding him without disrespecting him chiding him proverbs chapter 2 5 and 6 says that god gives Wisdom, God doesn't loan it, God gives it, and it says what? Out of his mouth comes understanding. So the word of God is the wisdom of God. Oh, come on, somebody. Paul spoke to Timothy and said that these holy scriptures that you have known from your youth are able to do what? Make you wise unto. Come on, read your Bibles, guys. Now, help me understand something. Who was it speaking to? Timothy, primarily, and by extension believers, right? Because this is written for us. That's why the letters are in the Bible for us to learn from. You know, there are emails you can learn from. That's why they forward them to you, right? Yeah. Yeah. So the Bible is the forwarded email of God, right? Because you can learn from it. So even though they might put dear Emily in the email, you don't need the Emily, just read. Uh -huh. So this is email. Email her. Email her. Now, now look at this. Who's speaking to Timothy? TGG, what does it tell Timothy? It said, you have known the Holy Scriptures, talk to me, from your youth. And they are able to. That means you know the Scriptures doesn't mean you're wise. Come on, people. Are you following this? Are you seeing this subjection thing? Who baptized Jesus? Who made John? So, Paul, you've known the scriptures. They are able so reading the Bible does not guarantee divine wisdom. Because wisdom 
is not just a thing. There's also the spirit of. So after they got saved, the Ephesian church, Paul says, I pray for you that you may be filled with the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge. So you can have knowledge and have no revelation of the knowledge you have. How many of you know that you can see four numbers? The four numbers to you, they just are four numbers. But it can be the pin code to my account number. That's revelation. Knowledge is the number. Revelation is what they are there for. Do you get it? Revelation and wisdom. In the, so the wisdom is now how to apply it now. And here. That's how come God, you know, I preached about four messages from the same passage last month, right? Rescue mission. Four or five messages. So out of the same four codes, God can bring different things out of it. In fact, how many of you know that you use the same password for many of your platforms? God can apply the same scripture in different areas of your life. So wisdom is the ability to apply by divine inspiration knowledge that is available. So the knowledge is the what? The understanding is the why. The wisdom is the how, when. When. When do you do it? When do you do it? So Jesus didn't die on the cross. The first day he appeared at the Jordan. John the Baptist baptized me. Ha! I'm baptized. There's a tree there. Oh yeah, cut it, cut it. Cut it. Cut the seed that hangs on the tree. Let me die. Because he told John to fulfill all. So he has, he has to fulfill righteousness. Let's, let's die. Could it be possible that wisdom will save you from sacrificing too early? What's wisdom and revelation? God had said to Adam, uh, Abraham, go to a mountain, take your son with you. Go to a mountain, I'm going to show you. He's about to kill his son. And by the spirit of wisdom and revelation, Abraham killed not the child. What was revelation? He saw a ram caught in the... That's revelation. The ram was already caught, but he didn't see it before. Didn't see it before. So it says the spirit of wisdom and understanding in Isaiah chapter 11. Somebody say, I'm growing in understanding. I'm growing in wisdom. Let me also mention this. There is generic wisdom. There are different dimensions of wisdom. There's spiritual wisdom. There is generic wisdom and there is specific wisdom. And I'll show you from the Bible real quick. Some of us are leaving wisdom on the table. Don't despise wisdom just because it's not expressed in a style you like. And don't despise wisdom just because it's reposed in a person you don't like. And don't despise wisdom just because it's expressed in a style you don't like. How do I know there's generic wisdom and spiritual wisdom? I'll show you what. God said to Moses, build what? What should you build, Moses? What should you build? What's going on? What did Moses build? Sounds like a temple. That's Solomon. What did Moses build? Tabernacle. Right? But what did God say to Moses? I, according to pattern, it says, I have gifted who? Bezalel. And I filled him with the wisdom to walk all manner of works in brass and stone and all of the right? Who was God speaking to? Who did God say Moses should go and talk to? The fact that you have revelation does not mean you have the understanding of the times in which you're in to apply that wisdom. So Moses, God spoke to him, visitation. Bezalel, God did not speak to him directly, but he had the wisdom without which Moses' ministry would never be fulfilled. Is somebody getting this? 
So sometimes God is going to hide expressions of specific wisdom in people. Uh, me, I'm a self-made man. I don't need you. Who are you? That's why you grow in wisdom. Because the full expression of the wisdom you have is not yet on the inside of you. Let me quickly give you one more. First Corinthians chapter 1 verse 24. On that. First Corinthians 1 24. And what does it tell us there? It says that Christ made unto us the wisdom of God. And his sanctification. First Corinthians 1 24. First Corinthians 1 30. Christ made unto us the wisdom and power of God. is also our sanctification, our righteousness, and our wisdom. Right? But do you know what the word says in Ephesians 3? Towards the end from about 16, so being rooted, grounded in love, it says that you may comprehend with all the saints. So even though Christ is the wisdom of God, the expressions of that wisdom has multifaceted applications across the body of Christ. So there are certain people who have tapped more in the intelligence of God regarding finances than other people. That's how come their intercessors are very poor. Come on, somebody. I mean, they are genuine intercessors. They love God. They are righteous. They are holy. In fact, they are even diligent, but they lack intelligence, specific intelligence and finances. Somebody shout, I'm loaded with wisdom. In spiritual dimensions and in every dimension of my life, in the name of Jesus. Number three, it says that he grew in favor with God. This one just says the grace of God is upon him. More verse 52 says that he grew in favor with God. And I love this. I'll tell you why I love this. I love it because God already loves us. True or true? But can I tell you what? Some people have grown more in favor with God than other believers. <laughs> How many of you know that you can actually love one thing more than the other, but you favor the one you love less, quote and unquote? Right? Let me give you an example. How many of you have shoes that you love? I love those black shoes I'm wearing. Before I had those black shoes, I used to wear one silver, one uh, glossy gray fire trap shoes. If you've known me for up to two years, you know those pair of shoes. Those shoes walked the earth. <laughs> if shoes had mileage, I would have broken the warranty. Like, if shoes could talk, they would have been singing songs of mercy. Because I wore those shoes. Favored. Right? Or love, more like. But if I was to wear shoes to a wedding, to officiate a wedding, Will they be the favored shoe for that assignment? So expressions of favor could be hinged on purpose. <laughs> but I'll tell you what they're more hinged on. Alignment. Alignment. Jesus says that he that loves me, I will come in he that obeys me and my father and I will love him. That means that there is the general love or the specific favor based on alignment. So if you want to see the favor of God expressed more in your life, what do you do? Align. Align. Because the word, see, if, if it were not possible to grow in favor with God, it wouldn't be in the Bible. Would it be there? What does it say? That Jesus grew. That means God would be, ah, I like this guy. I like him. When we're talking about fever now, we're talking about liking. I like this guy. Not just love him. He's aligned. How many of you know that there are barbers that get your hair cut? Barbers that are good at cutting your own hair. You, you didn't know that? Uh -uh. Okay, let me talk to the women. They are braiders. What do you call them? Hairdressers that understand your hair. The men don't cut their hair. And when they make your hair, you feel so good. Are they the best in the world? Are they aligned? How do you grow in favor with God? Align. Now, when you grow in favor with God, this is what's going to happen. You begin growing in favor with men. 
Because the Bible says when a man's ways, what does the Lord do? He causes even his enemies to be at peace with him. How do I grow in favor with God? Alignment, obedience, releasing myself to say, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Concerning Jesus, he says that the Father was fully ple pleased to dwell in him. That means that everywhere Jesus went, heaven knew we have a representative there. There is somebody who represents us in that space. And I believe that in the season, God is beginning to shift. Do you know that some of the things that God is doing in your life, it's your bone that is out of joint. Have you ever had a sprain before? Anybody had a sprain before at some point? And then somebody had to talk to me. What happened? Somebody had to force it or jolt it. Was he very painful in the moment? Was it profitable going forward? So sometimes pain is profitable. If it's the pain that aligns you with the prophecy, if it's the pain that aligns you with the purpose of God, God will allow somebody in your space, a condition, an environmental factor to push you in the right place so that you can be aligned. I pray that every pain you need to go through, you will go through it. You won't stay away from it. You won't shy away from it. You won't look away from it. Do you know why? Because if you still want to stay away from the pain, there will still be dislocation. You can't move. You can't run. You can't operate. So God's got to finish the work and sometimes the people that God is going to use they are not your family members because your family they love you too much to be agents of the pain come on somebody they love you too much to be so involved they don't want to touch your sentiment so God gives you sometimes a cruel boss a nasty deadline a hostile environment a critical cultural context to push the bone in the right place look at somebody say go through the pain if I tell the person grow through the pain Let's grow there. Let's grow there. Let's grow there. Let's grow there. Don't stay in the same place. The 15 minute prayer is not working that well anymore, is it? This is your so called praying on the go all the time. How they go, they go. And that one, how about having. There's three things I can teach them. Number one, for growth, the material is revel revelation. Number two, the environment is relationships. And number three, the structure is routine. With all those three things in your life, you just chance growth, but you will not grow. The first thing is revelation. I'm not going to teach it. Revelation. Number two, relationships. And number three, routine. Jesus went to a, a private place as his custom was, and he went to pray. Routine. So what do you do? You create a routine for the revelation you have in the right relationships. And that's how growth happens. With all those three things, what's revelation? Uncommon insight. So you want to grow your finances, what's the uncommon insight concerning finances? Leadership, what's the uncommon Marriage, what's the uncommon insight? Because I told this generic wisdom with a specific... You can be a fantastic pastor and a lousy husband because you lack the specific insight in that area. So you need revelation, hidden wisdom. Number two, right relationships for support, encouragement, accountability. Number three, routine. Jesus didn't say give us our annual cake. So give us a daily bread. You must read the Bible, study it every day. Don't understand as somebody who understands. Every day. Pray every day. Must I pray every day? Yes. Daily. Connecting with people, encouraging people, sharing your faith it should be part of your routine. Somebody say, I'm growing. If you know you're growing, can you grow up, stand up, and just speak to the Lord? There are people in this house who are not strong in the spirit. You are in the spirit, but you're not strong in the spirit. You're, so you're in the spirit, but you're not strong. You're not manifesting that might. But can you pray right now? Say, Lord, I release myself. Can we do this in two minutes? Pray intensely, intentionally, passionately. The revelation 
And sometimes revelation is so simple. But it's just an insight that you need. Don't be quiet. The end of the year must not meet you where you are right now. In fact, the end of this month must not meet you where you are right now. Yes. It's okay to lay your hand on your head or your chest if you want to. You don't necessarily have, but if it works for you. I grow. Lord, help me to be subject to the right support systems. Some of those support systems are at work. Maybe God has been stirring you up. Talk to this person. Ask this person questions. Or at home, listen to your wife, God has been saying. Listen to your husband. Listen to your children. Sometimes it's your child. Because out of the mouth of babes and sucklings, God has ordained praise. Lord, I want to grow in wisdom. Do you know that there is wisdom to build that thing? God has shown you the picture, Moses, but he has given the wisdom to Bezalel. Bezalel may not have the revelation that you have but he has the skillsmanship the skill set the tenacity Lord I want to grow I don't want to remain the same way my life cannot be a dizzying circle of experiments trial by error Somebody pray, God, give me spiritual wisdom and give me specific wisdom for my industry. Give me specific wisdom for my space, for my sector. Joseph was not promoted just because of spiritual wisdom. He had wisdom to preserve a nation. That's specific wisdom. How do you feed a kingdom in famine? Joseph knew the answer. Let me tell you what, there is wisdom to change Nigeria. There is wisdom. That marital struggle, sexual challenge, there is wisdom for it. That health difficulty, the wisdom is somewhere. Lord, give it to us. Why would Jesus speak to a blind man and the blind man will be healed? As you're praying, just listen. A blind man, he speaks to one, he's healed. Another blind man, he doesn't speak. He spits on the ground, makes a mud pie, plasters it. Are they not blind? That means not all blindness is healed the same way. That's what I'm talking about. Red Sea, Moses lift the rod, it parts. Joshua, don't lift any rod, step into it. So sometimes we're trying to create a healing miracle using the same thing. Some healings happens through Peter's shadow. Some require Paul's aprons. And some just require go and be made whole. Some require affirmation and comfort. Lord, give me the secret wisdom. For my marriage. Don't try to run your home like your friend. You are not your friend. You don't have a temperament. You are not your mother. She didn't live in your times. Your mother is 55, you're 25. Some things are different. But the word of the Lord stands forever. So what is the word saying to me now? The flower feet of the grass wither it. But God's word. What is the now word? Pray for wisdom. It says ask for wisdom. You know some people they say, you already have wisdom, don't pray for it. No, James says pray for it. James says, "Ask if our Paul prays for it for the church. You need to pray for wisdom. You're not praying that that the one you have is not enough. You're saying, Lord, I want more expression of your wisdom in my life. 
do you know as a single man there's a dimension of wisdom you need as a married man there's a dimension of wisdom as a father there's a dimension of wisdom you need as a service team member a dimension of wisdom as a coordinating leader dimension of wisdom as a pastor dimension of wisdom now can you receive favor please listen to this one of my friends one time we're together and he's one of the people that God used to trigger my faith in certain dimensions of what is possible in ministry and what can happen um, and parts of it even in terms of material provision and we were talking we we're talking about different miracles happening in his life in my life and I, and I just said something to him and he made a big deal out of it because it struck him differently I said you know what in this world you know why I speak sometimes so just pray that God will like you <laughs> he was just laughing 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 I said well what I mean by that is you, I think you might be living in self-denial or denial, not self-denial, living in denial if you want to believe that everybody is walking at the same level of favor with God. Does God love everybody? Yes. But there are varying levels of favor with God. I want to be one of those people who look and say, God likes this guy. God likes this guy. There are things, when you like people, there's a way you are excited about so God is excited do you understand I want to pray for that Lord align my attitudes character habits all of that till the favor the Bible says the favor of a king is like dew upon the earth you know what dew does it settles gently enriches the earth and there will be consistent greenness consistent can you just pray Lord align every aspect of my life I've seen it in certain dimensions. I want to see more. My wife has seen it. We want to see more. My family, we've seen it. We want to see more. Because Jesus grew in this thing called favor with God. Come on, somebody maximize this man. The whole Salahata. We're going to close in one minute. Close the phrase. Favor with God and with men. The one people look at our lives, they will say, God loves them specially. He said it. He said, I will make you the prized possession of the earth. To the Israelites, says, I will choose you as a peculiar treasure. As a peculiar in Malachi, he said, books were opened, and another book of remembrance. He said, The Lord opened the book of remembrance concerning the saints. Zephaniah says, I will rejoice over you with singing. He wasn't talking about everybody. He says, I will rejoice over you when I see you. God said, I would, I would sing and dance over your life. Oh my God. Favor, favor, favor everywhere. Favor. We won't just sing about it. We'll grow in it. We won't just chant it. We'll grow in it. Divine favor. Lavish. Begin to glorify your father. Adore him. Blessed be your name, Father. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Lord, we thank you. We are growing strong in the spirit. We are growing in wisdom. We are growing in favor with you and with men. In the name of Jesus. Grow in wisdom. We're no longer stuck at crossroads. We're no longer stuck. The wisdom for fatherhood. The wisdom for fatherhood. The wisdom for motherhood. The wisdom for sonship. The wisdom for help, for strength, for grace. In the name of Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus. Somebody give God praise this morning. Give God praise this morning. Wisdom in the name of Jesus. Generation is rising on an emerging generation of kings. To join this growing community of kings, visit www.kingdomcentral.org and send your full name and email address to 908-123-4566. 
One more thing. Someone you know needs this. Kindly share this how.